Hey, product people, welcome to the Product to Profit podcast. We're pulling back the curtain on what it's really like to scale a product-based business profitably and getting into the mindset of a seasoned buyer. I'm your coach, Kristen Fisher, a former corporate retail buyer with over 15 years of experience working for some major brands that you would definitely know, turned six-figure e-commerce store owner of my own gifting brand, Boku, and a retail strategy coach for product-based business owners, just like yourself. Inside this podcast, I have honest conversations about what's going on inside of my own business. And I'm also sharing insights to help you get inside the mindset of a buyer to start applying big retail strategies to your own small retail business. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. So this is the fourth and final episode in my mini summer series, just taking you behind the scenes step-by-step with what I do in my own business and life in the summer to prepare for the holiday season. So last week, I shared how I go about cleaning up my books and doing kind of a financial reset at this mid-year point. So cleaning up QuickBooks, getting all my spreadsheets ticked and tied so I feel like I'm going into the second half of the year with a clean slate. I recommended revisiting your goals, refreshing your memory on what happened last holiday, and really getting some data around what's been happening in your business year to date. And then the best part is finding new opportunities in your business. So that kind of reset of what happened, where you're at now, and where you want to go in the next five months. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go back and give that a listen. That's episode 31. Today, though, This is, like I said, the last episode in this little four-part mini-series, and I'm talking about planning out your holiday collection. Now, if you're a maker and you already have your holiday line designed, stick with me because I'm going to share some tips for you that will definitely apply to you if you are buying inventory or materials for your own website, or if you're physically making inventory on demand, you can apply some of these tips to your own marketing strategy and whenever you're planning future seasons that you're designing into. Okay, so the very first thing, and I kind of ended the last episode with this, so it's teeing it up nicely into today's episode, but it's starting with really setting your sales plan. So you first look at, okay, how am I trending this year compared to last year? Like, what does my business trend look like month over month, year to date, looking at all your different channels and just seeing as a comparison to last year, how it's looking and what your inventory levels look like. Are you running a more profitable, healthier business this year? Or are you downtrending? What does that trend look like? Now, if you don't have a last year to actually compare this to because you're in your first year in business, then just look at your actual sales volume in those ups and down times throughout the year so far. So your best weeks or month of the year and your slowest, and you can have kind of a a trend comparison line there. So then you wanna take all of those opportunities that we talked about in the last episode, all those things in your business that you're really excited about that are either a new trend or a new volume driver, something that you think will really move the needle in your business, And you want to start to quantify those in terms of how they are going to actually impact your business 
as it compares to last year, how it's going to actually move the needle in your business. It's starting to put numbers to those conceptual ideas or opportunities that you're excited about. If you're new to sales planning and forecasting and you've been in business, I don't know, for a full year and you're about to like anniversary yourself, come back upon, you know, you had one holiday, two holidays, three holidays, however many years, if you're anniversarying yourself. The simplest way to start this is to look at your sales as a variance to last year and start putting some percentages against them, whether you think you'll be up or down to last year. If you don't have that, then you can put in a guesstimate based on those best weeks or months of sales that you've had this year so far. And I would recommend that you put that in as an increase. So if you're just looking at this, you know, you don't have a holiday to to compare yourself to from last year, and you're just looking at, okay, well, my best time was right around spring, like Mother's Day or Easter or, you know, that kind of time period, usually you see some spikes in your business. So I would say you'd want to add a percentage to that. So you could conservatively say, okay, maybe 10% up to that would be my holiday plan. So you want to start to put some variances to either last year, if you think you are coming up on another holiday season, maybe you'll be up a little bit or down a little bit based on your year to date trend and what has has been happening in your business, what you're coming off of from last year. So there's a lot of factors that play into it, obviously, economy. And if your sales have been down so far to to this year, then maybe your holiday will be a little bit soft or maybe it'll be flat to last year. Or if you think you have some new opportunities in your business, then maybe even if your business is down year to date, you might want to say, okay, I could put a little bit of uh, upside in my business because yes, my business has been down, but I see some glimmers in there and I'm going to go after these few things that are opportunities to help me bump my sales up from last year. So it's all kind of like moving pieces of a puzzle when you're building out your sales plan, but you don't need to make it overly complicated. So that's why I say just start with variances to last year or looking at your current trend in your business and just applying a percent increase to that for a busier season. You're going to see an influx in customers coming to your site if you're doing things right from a marketing and SEO perspective. Okay, so you get your basic sales plan in. And then if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you know I love a stretch goal. Okay, I talked about this in my Q4 pop-up podcast last year. I'll put the link in the show notes. There's 12 episodes. I talk about this in there, okay? But I'm a huge proponent of setting your sales goal and feeling good and confident about it. Like, I know that this is an achievable sales goal, but then pushing yourself, getting uncomfortable and setting a stretch goal. Because in those really busy seasons, whenever you do hit that sales goal, you might start to see that like your stretch goal is within reach and it really pushes you to kind of go after a little bit more in your business and it kind of just keeps you going and you can surprise yourself with what you're really capable of doing in your business. Okay, so you have your sales plan, you have your stretch goal. The second thing that I do is I determine my ideal choice count. So for you, this is basically how many styles and colors actually need to be bringing in front of your customer. What do you need to deliver from an offer perspective to hit those sales goals that you just put into place? Okay, so it's really like not thinking about the actual product itself. It's literally a data-driven financial number. So you have your sales plan. How many choices do you need to move the needle in your business to actually do that volume? And what can you get rid of? So I have a workshop, a sorting your product 
um, for profit, I think is what it's called, <laughs> sorting your product for profit. I'll link that out in the show notes. I go into this um, in more detail, but this is kind of a foundational thing that a lot of people don't do because we lead with emotion. But whenever you start to say, this is how much product I actually need from an offer perspective to do the sales I want to do. And I actually have all this unproductive product that's just sitting there collecting dust. It helps you to kind of have that framework. Okay. Sales plan, then your ideal choice count to hit your sales goals. Then it gets into the fun stuff. This is still before you're actually doing the creative process. So it's like the precursor fun. (laughs) It's like the pregame before the party. It's essentially creating a framework for that product offering. So you want to start with essentially, I'll call it like some guide rails or guardrails to help you build out a really profitable product offer. I think that this is fun because it's literally like a strategic puzzle that you're putting together and then your product will naturally fill into those and you're going to feel really confident about what's going in there. So when I say framework, what I'm saying is you're going to start with how many collections do you need? How many different groupings of product do you want to have? So this could be themes. So this could be, let's say, for example, it's if you're an apparel collection or you have an apparel boutique, that would be something like your party line. So it's like the the product that is intended for going out. And then you have your cozy line and that's your loungewear and your cozy sweater sets. And then you have your like everyday casual wear. So it's your, you know, your denim, your your jogger, like your chino joggers. It's like cool sweaters and all of those things. So that's like the collections I'm talking about. Or if you are designing stationery, it would be kind of themed. So your, I don't know, your kitschy fun theme. It would be your true holiday theme. It would be, you get the point. It's your different collections, okay? Then you want to determine how many volume drivers you need. So you know how many types, how many groups of product you want to have, then determine how many volume drivers you need. And you probably want to have one, maximum two in each collection because we all know that there's only so much you can really talk about within each collection and it starts to just feel like confusing to the customer, confusing to you. So you probably want to have about one volume driver in each collection, maybe two if it's a really big collection. And these are going to be the hero images on your website, the hero images in your marketing. It's going to be the main messaging images on your social, your reels on TikTok. Like you're going to always be speaking to these. Okay, so volume drivers could be the exact same product as last year. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Maybe you tweak it a little bit. But if you know you had more legs to those styles or more opportunity, then you might as well bring those back again, right? Because a lot of your customers, if you're doing things right and you're bringing new customers into your business those new customers aren't going to know what you stood behind last year, okay? They could be repeats of last year, or they could be something like one of those new opportunities or trends that we talked about in that last episode that become a really big idea for you. There's like, sometimes we have things that surprise us in our business and our product offering throughout the year. And once you really look at those, you're like, oh, if I just adjust the the style a little bit or tweaked this or brought a version of this in for holiday, this could actually be a really big volume driver for me. And you can kind of surprise yourself with what you can find with what you've already been doing. Or maybe you just need to find a comp style like an item last year that is going to really drive the volume. So you have your volume drivers figured out. They're 
you know, divvied up between your collections. This is just the hypothetical framework, right? We're still just talking about, you can start to put some placeholders in, but just start thinking about it. Then from there, you want to divvy up the rest of your choice count. So the rest of those styles that we've talked about will now go into each grouping, each collection, so that you know you're balanced. Let's say you have a hundred, that's a lot. Let's go with, uh, (laughs) I don't know, I can't do this off the top of my head. Let's say you have 20 total styles that you can bring in. You have four different collections. Let's just for ease of math, because I clearly can't do this in my brain, on the fly, you have five choices in each collection. You want to have one of those be volume drivers in each collection. There's four for you. And then you have four choices left to work with. Okay, that's a really tight collection. I probably wouldn't do four collections with 20 styles, but you get the point, okay? So you want to take the rest of those styles and just insert them into the other collections. The reason that it's important to visualize this up front is because it allows you to make really smart decisions whenever it comes time to design, whenever it comes time to go to market or to trade shows and you're starting to actually find the product and slot it into these groupings. Or if you're designing, it's a guardrail for you, for your all your creative ideas. You have to funnel them down and say, I am forcing myself to edit and be really strategic about what I want to go into each of these collections because you probably have 50 ideas and you need 20. So you have to kind of be that decision maker in your business and say, I need to make profitable decisions and I'm obsessed with all of these. Of course you are. All these beautiful ideas came from your brain, but you have to say, I can't bring them all in. I can't afford to make all these. You just got to make some decisions. So this helps you to do that. It's kind of like the good cop, bad cop. (laughs) It lets you say, okay, I can't afford to bring all these in because I know I only need X number of choices in each collection. So like I said, I dig further into this um, in that Assorting for Profit workshop. I'm going to put it in the show notes because I think if you are curious about this and you want to learn more, that definitely will go deeper and actually walk you through with more examples and things like that. But I wanted to give you an overview of just how I go from a sales plan And I tie that back to creating a product offering framework, a collection framework with choice counts to be able to start this whole process. So this is something I do in July. The beginning of July, I start to do this because then throughout July into early August, I'm actually going to market. I'm on fair for the fair summer show or uh, summer market. And I'm going to the trade shows in mid-August. So by mid-August, I have my holiday collection done. Okay, for me, at least that's what I do. Now for makers, if you've already designed your line, I promised you that I'd give you some tips too. I mean, all of this applies to you, but if you have already finished it and you're listening to this and you're like, well, shit, I should have gone back and I do I need to redo all this? No, you don't need to redo all this. But what I encourage you to do is to go back and look at what you've already designed and make sure you are really clear on what styles are your volume drivers. What are the ones that are the most important ones to you or that you think should be the most important ones? Because buyers look to you for a point of view. They want to know these are the no-brainer styles or colors or or patterns or whatever that I'm going to bring into my shop because you know the best. You know what all the different brands come to you to buy. So you're going to know the inside scoop on 
which ones are best sellers and which ones are actually going to bring in sales for them. So you need to come to them at the at the beginning of your outreach and say, this is my new line, but these are the ones I know are going to be best sellers. So you should definitely have these in your shop. And you can kind of guide that because they want you to make it really easy for them to make money, right? Like We're all trying to make money. So buyers don't want to take risks that are risky, risky. They might want to take some risks to like test some new things out, but they also want to make as much profit as possible. So you saying these are my volume drivers up front will allow you to have kind of that that roadmap for your marketing and for your your catalog. Whenever you're buying inventory for your own direct-to-consumer site, you'll be able to say, I'm going to buy more in or make more or produce more of these styles, because these are the ones that I am saying are going to be the best sellers. You kind of take that stance. But like I said, your catalog can have that at the forefront. When you're updating your fair page, you can make sure you have those volume drivers photographed beautifully at the top of your page. When you're planning out your marketing and your wholesale outreach, like I said, you can make sure that at all times you have these bestsellers that you're determining are going to be bestsellers at the forefront of all of your messaging and your outreach. So like I said, in those pitch emails, when you're suggesting product to buyers, you can tailor the email to the specific store or the specific buyer, but then pepper in some of these volume drivers that make sense for their shop. So you're giving them recommendations that not only are going to resonate with that buyer because they can tell that you actually looked at the other product that they carry, but you're also saying, here are these bestsellers and you're kind of giving them that guidance. Okay. So this is really how I approach building a collection. I look at what I'm coming off of, what worked or did not work last holiday, and what the trend looks like in the business this year. I think about the opportunities that are in the business right in front of me that I can lean into. I set a financial plan and a stretch sales goal. I create a collection framework so that I know when I am building out my collection and placing buys, when I'm going to the fair market and trade shows and markets, that when I'm slotting these products into this predetermined framework, I'm making a really profitable decision. So I'm getting that framework ready to go so that when I start placing buys and really fleshing that out, I feel really confident. Then I do the fun stuff and I get into that creative process of themes and what I want the collection to look like, how I envision the website looking for the holiday season, my color palette, Um, any new kind of concepts that I can bring to the gift boxes. And then I start mapping out my marketing and my PR outreach just kind of at that top level so that when I get into August and I have already, you know, feel like I've gotten my foundation in place with my collection, I'm slotting these products in, I have a clear idea of what I've been looking for. And it helps to just take some of the emotion out of the decision making process and spend my inventory budget more wisely. Because I know kind of at a creative level what I'm looking for. And I know on the financial side what I need to pull together to fill into that creative plan. So July and August are really doing all these things in kind of quick succession. So it's like one week I'm doing the hindsight, the next week I'm doing the sales 
planning. The next week I'm building out my framework and then I go into the markets and the buying process and I take a few weeks to really make sure I'm making good decisions and kind of planning out my marketing simultaneously. So if you're a brand listening to this, brand or maker, I want you to remember that every buyer probably has some version of this process for themselves. So if they say no to you for a season or they ghost you and just ignore you, but showed some interest at some point, or if you think they're really a viable brand or shop and you're like, I know this is the perfect fit for my product, keep trying. Don't give up after one ghosting situation or one, hey, not right now answer, because you might just be hitting them not at the right time. They might have done all this pre-work and you don't really fit into that, but they might actually really love your brand and your product. It just doesn't necessarily fit for them right now. But come spring, when you have a new collection to show to them, follow back up, send them that new line because that might be the right time for them. So don't be discouraged if you get a lot of no's. Just keep trying. We all know it's a numbers game and it's not only a numbers game, it's also getting them at that right perfect time whenever your brand or your product or your line fits perfectly into the framework that they are looking for and the budget that they have at their disposal right? You could even remember that mid-season, you could check in with them. They might be blowing out of their of their inventory and need new brands to fill in and chase into. So just kind of keep that in mind as you're doing outreach over the coming months, because I know it's a lot. I know July and August and even September, you're doing a lot of outreach and you have to be really resilient <laughs> with that. So This is where I'm going to leave you guys for a few weeks. I'm doing all of this work for Boku over the next few weeks myself. Um, And I'm also just going to try really hard to enjoy some downtime and force myself to take some breaks, hopefully working no more than four days a week. Um, We're going to see how that goes, but I'm trying really hard. I'm going to be coming back to you around Labor Day to kick off season three. I'm going to have a few announcements then that I'm excited about that I'm working on that can't wait to share. So that's coming around Labor Day. I'm going to have a lot of really awesome guest episodes for you that I talked about. I'm getting those banked and ready to go. So whenever I come back in September, you're going to have so much awesome content. And I'm going to get ready to have a kick-ass holiday season with you guys. Like we are totally capable of doing this. Things might be sucking in in business right now. They might be up. They might be down. Wherever they're at, you have so much potential left. We still have half of a year left to really be smart about how we're growing our business. And we have holiday in front of us. And we know that holiday can make or break. So take some rest. Really be intentional with how you're spending your time. Really recharge yourself and make sure that you're doing the work to prepare yourself now for your busy season. So I'm also going to be working on getting some solo episodes ready to go for you for September and October. So I'd love to hear what type of content you're craving from me, what you want to hear more of, or just come say hi. So please connect with me on my new Instagram handle, Kristen Fisher Coaching. Come say hi. I will see you in a few weeks. Have an amazing summer. All right, that's all I've got for you today. I am so glad that you're here. If you are loving the show, I would be beyond grateful if you would just take a minute to rate and review this podcast just to help spread the word. Now, there's something in it for you too as a little thank you. If you leave a review, 
share a screenshot or just share the show to your stories and tag me at product to profit coach on Instagram. You'll be entered to win my new monthly giveaway where you'd win a hot seat coaching call with me. You'd have the option to record it live on this podcast, which not only would be so much fun, but would also give your amazing brand some visibility and you a quick win. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week.